When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to episode 125 of the Leeds That Podcast. Today we're going to be doing a special season preview of Leeds' second season in the Premier League. It's season three of the Leeds That Podcast and I'm joined by James. How are you doing, James? All right, mate. How are you? Yeah, really good. Thanks. Nice and relaxed and ready. I got fortunate and got a ticket for Old Trafford. Oh, here he is, straight away. You, know, you could have had one. You, yeah, you but, can't go. That's not like... Yeah, I know, but it's like straight away, oh, I've got a ticket. You know, there's there's quite a lot of people listen to this and they'll be thinking, oh, Paul, piss off, basically. Yeah, but I, I was going to get around to that. But yeah, but you said was, it straight away. What I was going to say was... <laughs> I feel desperately sorry for the people who've missed out. Oh, sure. However, it was it was like a massive high on Friday of getting the tickets in the season ticket lottery of IP addresses. But then you kind of wanted the game to be the next day. Yeah, it was a big a big high. And now we've got this week to kind of get into it. So what we're going to do tonight or today or this morning or this afternoon or whenever you listen to it is have a chat about where the squad's at, how pre-season has gone, Links with transfers and then some general Leeds United news that we've missed over the summer and, and see where we end up before we get back into the old match day podcast routine at Old Trafford. Oof, what a way to start. So, Leeds United current squad. Let's just touch departures. One of the big departures was our uh, final of the Euros podcast. We didn't even do it. We were that subdued. We just didn't do it. It's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really have anything to say. I would have liked to have done it. Sadly, the scheduling stars didn't align and we let people down. So I apologise. The, the the worst part is you let yourself down, Paul. I let my whole family down. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree, you did. I let you down. I just want to learn from this mistake and move forward into season three. I don't really know what this is. This is like 2.5 or something. Like No, two, like episode zero of season three. Whatever it is. Season three beta. Yeah, cool. We'll go with that. So, players who have left us. Gianni Alioski, Pablo Hernandez, Gatana Brady, very good Davis. In terms of those players, I would say it's, it's going to be Alioski that we miss the most. In terms of, obviously, the influence that we had. Last season, would would you still have liked to have kept him in and around the squad? I think it would be a, well. Everyone knows he's a good squad player. Well, he's more than that last season, really, wasn't he? Um, but yeah, I'd, I still think he's he's got it to be a good squad player. But I guess uh, 
as harsh as it probably sounds, money beckons for him, really, doesn't it? It's kind of like he's gone there to earn enough money to not worry about anything him and his family for the rest of his life. So, you know, you can't argue with that, but sad to see him go. And those pictures on the on the plane with his parents on the plane to Jeddah were, were quite heartwarming, really. Yeah, it's nice. That was really nice. Yeah, having having his parents there rather than an entourage of clinger honours is nice. And I know this isn't a... Uh biology lesson but somehow he's, he looked remarkably like his mum and his dad <laughs> unbelievable well funny you should say that because uh, I saw the picture of Pablo at his at Castellon and he was with his dad and he's like morphing into his dad more and more have a look look it up I will do so Pablo's gone back to Castellon and everybody's basically gone great got a new team in Spain let's yeah, all go over yeah exactly everyone's thinking what we're going to do for is it May Bank Holiday? And I think the everything aligns for us, and you could potentially get a flight over there, go have a boozy weekend, and watch oh, Pablo yeah. play in Spain. I don't even think their ground has the capacity. They might have to build an extra stand for all the leagues. <laughs> could be, it'd be a big one that. But it's tough because there were a lot of people who didn't get to say goodbyes to players who meant an awful lot to us during the last few years. So, and I don't think Gaetano has even got a club yet. I feel for him a little bit there. You you wonder if um, his recent injuries are sort of holding back a deal for him. I don't know. But yeah, I hope he gets sorted as soon as possible. You want to see him playing football. Uh, very good Davis has gone to to Bournemouth. I believe it's uh, pronounced Bonnemouth. Bonnemouth. Have you ever been to Bournemouth? Nope. It's a very nice part of the world. So is that a good move for, for Leif Davis? He wasn't going to play... Was he second choice behind Junior Firpo? In fact, it's Junior Firpo behind Dallas. We could probably get onto that at another point as well. <laughs> so was he too far down the pecking order to make any kind of meaningful impact at Leeds? I always go back to what Philip said on the podcast and he, he said, paraphrasing, that you know if Leaf applied himself, then he could be a very good left-back, a very good Davis left-back. But um, you know, for whatever reason, it's not happened. So there's got to be something there. So I think... It's probably a right move for the club and a right move for him. And if, you know, you say Borny Mouth is as beautiful as you say it is, then good for him. Oh, he didn't play or, or, or and wasn't on the one uh, in the squad. Obviously, it's a low move. He didn't play at all the other night. I think he's injured. Anyways, fingers crossed he has a really, really good, strong season and is able to come back and, uh, and make an impact for us in the future. So that's the uh, outgoings. Let's have a little look through this squad and just have a little chat around the players. Who's going to excite you this season? Who would you put in your fantasy Premier League team uh, if you were going to do so? Etc. Etc. Goalkeepers. How are you feeling about our goalkeeping situation? So we've got number one, Ilan Melier, and then we've brought in number 13, Christopher Clarsen. Yeah, I mean, I don't know anything about Clarsen. He's highly rated, isn't he? But I don't know. It doesn't mean anything to any of us, really, if we're being honest. But I think uh, Melier's... Even when he makes mistakes, he shrugs them off and and carries on. And he's just he's so, he's so good. I think he'll be in a few years' time. He'll be a renowned goalkeeper, and I, c- I can see him forcing his way into the French side at some point. He's, he's brilliant. I'd, I would have him in my fantasy league team quite easily. And I mean, I think there's a whole debate around preseason and what how much you can put into the performances, etc. I don't think Melier's had the best of preseasons, but will that matter? Or do, do you think are you saying his character means that? Come Saturday, uh, 
Old Trafford. It's just a continuation from where he left off in uh, the Premier League last season. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely continuing from where he left off. I mean, his performances for his age are crazy, aren't they? You normally associate big keeper performances with keepers that are older, you know, historically. But he's, yeah, he's he's phenomenal. And I, th- and I think the mistakes that he may have had were, were kind of collective defensive mistakes quick enough on not moving into the right position has been put under pressure certainly in the Ajax game anyway so yeah I don't I don't think he has anything to be worried about or you know he's, he's not lost his ability I mean last year last season he, he just got better and better towards the end I mean I, I have a lot of faith in Elon and actually only seen him play in person a couple of, that's the crazy thing he's been in the team for so long but we've only really had the opportunity to see him in person few people a handful of games that run when Casir uh, was suspended for some people and if you missed that and didn't get the West Brom game you might not have seen him so to some respects he feels a bit like a new signing when you're going in and and, and, and watching the team this season so in, in the defence Ben White went to Arsenal for £50 million and to put that into perspective for people we got Lorente, Koch and Rafinha for less than that amount is that better business would you have, I mean, people wanted Ben White, obviously, but not for that price, I'm guessing. Money in football is crazy, isn't it? It is, yeah, it's just silly money, isn't it? You look at Grealish going for 100 million as well, and it's, you're paying for what disruption it causes to another club as much as what you value in him, I think, as well. Yeah, but Ben White is a class player and he will be brilliant for England in the future. 50 million is a lot of money going into that Arsenal team, I think. There's a lot of pressure on him because that there's a lot of work needed for Arsenal to become the side that the fans think they are. <laughs> the defence is really, really interesting. I think this is the key discussion here. We've signed Furpo to be first-choice left-back, whereas last season we didn't really have a first-choice left-back. We played with utility players. And I'm not knocking their quality, but there weren't. that wasn't there out-and-out position. We've got Luke Ayling at right-back. And we know that Bielsa wants them to be able to cover positions. So, yes, they can play elsewhere. But primarily, that's their position. Interestingly, the Legionite.com site has Stuart Dallas listed as a defender. Fantasy <laughs> Premier League has reclassified him as a midfielder. And I, I don't know how you can reclassify something. If anything, we've reclassified him as a defender. But I think in having Cock, Cooper, Lorente and Strike. How do you keep them all happy? Who are the first choice pairing there? And, and and who do you expect to see start on Saturday? For one, your first point around Dallas, does that mean you could potentially sneak an extra player into your fantasy team in a different position by having Dallas and potentially get more points? I think it was better last season when they had him as a midfielder and you were pl- and, but he was listed in defence when he was getting tons of points as a defender when he wasn't playing in defence. <laughs> Cooper's proved a lot in the last friendly in particular that we just look so much more solid defensively. I think had the TV cranked up and you could just hear him bawling uh, into Cock. It was Cock playing a central defensive midfield wasn't it, before Phillips came on, was it? He did for the first half. Yeah, that's right. And he was just, yeah, he was barking at him constantly. And it's And I think that there is that. He's someone on the field that is a great leader and fully understands the whole system under Bielsa. And I think we've always looked stronger with Cooper on the field. Yeah, he makes his mistakes, but, you know, everyone does. That's fine. But he always comes back and he's, yeah, he always puts in a good performance. And I think the team are better with him, to be honest. So for me, I would actually stick with having Cooper starting, but I'm not answering anything else because 
It's too difficult a question. That makes for great listening. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you what I'll say then. I think Lorente is our best defender. Technically, as yeah. it, on a technical level. Yeah, I agree with that. But I also think that out of those four, Strike's going to be the one who's available the most frequently, mm. um, which is good for his development because he was the, um, the guy who came through. I saw yeah. a review... It was of that trophy that they won a couple of seasons ago, the under twenty threes, when and, and it ran down the team and where they are now. And Jack Clark got his move off to Tottenham. They won on penalties, and Berardi was playing. And at the time, Apo Halme was the one who people possibly expected to kick on more. <laughs> it's just, it's just the way Bielsa is. It's like now Apo, off you go to Barnsley, Pascal, you're the guy, and it's been brilliant. That's the thing is Bielsa sees things that people see way down the line. <laughs> you know, like Ben White is a classic example of that, you know, and it was around the time, of, I think, of Janssen had left, hadn't he, or was about to leave or whatever. He was the only signing that came in and Bielsa was like, well, no, you know, we don't we don't need anyone else. And there, and there was an uproar on all the forums and Twitter, etc. But here's a question for you. Stuart Dallas. Stuart Dallas. Starts every game, but in your first choice 11 next week, where would he start? Everyone's fit, everyone's available. For example, does Stuart Dallas start? Does Probably Stuart st- Dallas start at left back? <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah, I was going to say, I I bet you any money, not any money, but I bet you he starts at left back. So on that note, have you been impressed with Junior Thurpo? Well, we saw him play, didn't we, on his debut yeah. for Leeds. Me and you took a lovely road trip to Blackburn. Don't brag about it, mate. Not everyone got to <laughs> Most people did. There was more than there was for Man United and demand was less, I'd say. But anyway, that road trip was lovely. Your uh, father-in-law told us all the pubs that he's had a drink at along the way, which was nice. That was a lengthy story. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the Furpo looked good in in that game and he's he looks exactly what we've needed, considering he'd only been there like, what, a week or so under Bielsa and he was playing to a very, very good standard. You think, well, yeah, in a few weeks' time, what is he going to be like once he's had some proper experience? Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about him. I think he'll be great. Bielsa's just got to like him and <laughs> not just... Um, Default to Stuart Dallas because he trusts him, I suppose. Well, there is a lot of trust there because he hasn't put a foot wrong. Player of the season, how do you drop him? Time will tell. I would probably have him in, but I just don't know where. So that brings us on to the midfield where we've got an interesting array of talent. And I think this is probably the area where if we're going to bring someone in, somebody here is possibly at risk of being moved on. It's not going to be Jack Harrison, who's turned the world's longest loan into a permanent deal. It's not going to be Rafinha unless stupid money comes in for Rafinha. It's not going to be, again, Calvin, different position, first choice. It's going to take a stupid... And, and there's no kind of... There's not been them rumours that, that somebody's preparing for one of these silly bids. Click, uh, I think, was... I might say outspoken, but he, he suggested they'd had a very hard preseason and he hadn't had much time and he'd had to isolate for most of his holidays after coming back from Poland. And then the next day, Bielsa played him for 90 minutes at Blackburn. So I think there's a strong <laughs> message to him there. And then we've got the, a few wild cards in there as well. We've got Jamie Shaq, who's actually been playing in defence in preseason. We've got Adam Forshaw, hopefully returned to fitness. We've got Ian the Provider Pervader. And and Helder Costa. So interesting bunch. Who do you want to see playing? Who do you think might not be with the club by the end of the transfer window? 
first of all, you got Phillips, Harrison, Rafinha, a, a definite click. I think, you know, Click always sort of says these comments and, and they read as though he's like slightly pissed off. Uh, but I don't think he is. You know, I think he he must take it as a compliment that Bielsa wants him match fit, you know, chucking him back in straight away when he's back. He's like, here, I trust you. I just want you to be fit. Yeah. Get, get back to where you were, crack on, which is great. Like, you know, if you're a player, it must feel good, especially coming from Bielsa. I think in terms of at risk, you've got to say Helder Costa's at risk. There's so many comparisons of him versus Rafinha, which is obvious. And they're so different in terms of ability. You know, like Rafinha is unbelievable going forward and his defensive desire is just amazing. Like um, unbelievable as well. So you've got you've got both boxes firmly ticked for, for him. Whereas Helder Costa every time and just sort of question his, his strength on the ball and trying to win it back. So yeah, I think, you know, we're probably at a similar point to what Wolves were at with him where they're in the Premier League and they know he's good. Like he's a, he's a, he is a good player, but he's not really taking us up a notch, which I think is what we need. And when you talk about the outgoings, they're all people that we've not really earn any money from to to kind of um payroll any other deals for us so there's value in costa there as brutal as it is you know that that's what the club are probably thinking of something along those lines will adam forshaw play this season i like the idea of it because it would be one hell of a comeback why is it nearly two years he hasn't played yeah yeah i mean it'd be a hell of a comeback but i think he needs to go somewhere doesn't he he needs to go out on loan i think and just get some you know, yeah, get some football under his belt. Like to under 23s would be good for him, but also it's kind of like 30 odd year old and your 23s playing week in, week out. It's kind of like put him in a competitive, a proper competitive, not proper because that sounds like under 23s isn't competitive, but put him in, you know, a championship side and come back at Christmas when he's fit or whatever. He is a 30 odd year old as well. Actually, he's not. He's 29. Ah. So I just thought to check that. Don't want to be of, of all the things that we're saying about Adam Forshaw. He yeah. very generously gave up his time to. Uh, we're seen... now shipping him out on loan <laughs> as a thirty-odd-year-old. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I apologise, but he does have a lot of grey hairs in his beard, so you know. He's beardless. Yeah, but you know when he has a beard. Oh yeah, fair enough. I'm not up to date with his day-to-day shaving habits. Well, when I saw him the other week and we were having a chat, he looked very clean-shaven. Just drop that in there. Yeah, I just felt awkward for disturbing him and his family. So, yeah, moving on. Um, <laughs> Ian Pervader, should he have progressed? Is he almost in the Helder Costa box, but with less money? As in, like, he's never going to get in front of Harrison and Rafinha or Rafael Bialis Baloli. We saw those pictures of him and he looked like a bull. He looked like he'd bulked out. And uh, and, I th- and I think that's the thing is what we need is, you know, like Harrison and Rafinha are, 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 are like I say, brilliant at attacking, brilliant at defending. I think that's where Perveda and Costa fall short. It's just the defensive because Perveda's so good at dribbling and beating players. So yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know right now. And and you constantly hear has been linked to wingers as well. So that makes you think. Hmm. What does that mean for those guys? I don't know. Essentially, you're gonna start unless we make signings, which we'll talk about shortly. It's gonna be Calvin, Click, Rafinha, Jack Harrison, somebody else. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about in a second. But it's the, this is listed as strikers: Patrick Bamford, Tyler Roberts, and Rodrigo. And I just what I think I want to start on this bit. So Messi is without a club and lots of people like have been talking about would he come to Leeds, etc. Everyone knows there's not a hope because of the kind of the money involved, etc. But I said I was having a chat with my brother and my nephew in a group chat, and I said, 
can't see it being Bielsa style. He doesn't do the big names in that kind of way. You know, like when he moved Janssen, etc. I just don't think Messi would fit. And my nephew said, and I'm not like, I just think it's brilliant. So if he's, if he does listen to this, this is not a criticism. I just thought it was brilliant, whether he meant it funny or serious. It's just brilliant. He said, look, I'd love to have Messi at Leeds, but I think it would damage Robert's progression. So. <laughs> oh, I like that. That's good. What a good lad. So Tyler Roberts seems to be the one alongside Costa, who is the sort of scapegoat. He is the hasn't progressed in some people's eyes, does contribute in other people's eyes. Where do you stand on Tyler Roberts? Well, I watched the Villarreal game and when he came on, he was brilliant. And you think, oh, has he gone up a notch as well? But you can't you can't take too much from these games other than these are guys trying to get fit for the new season. There's plenty of quality in Roberts. It's a bit like Bamford under Bielsa in that at the start, a lot of people were questioning, but then Bielsa stayed consistent, kept giving him his chances until he started taking his opportunities. And I think it's the same with Roberts. I think stay consistent with him keep giving him his chances and it'll come because he, he there are moments that you see in him that are brilliant. Like he skinned like a couple of players and played a lovely ball into central midfield yesterday. And I thought, yeah, that is, that's, that's good. That's what you want to see. So yeah, I, I think I have faith in him and I like the fact that he's stopping a move for Messi. Why sign Messi when you've got Tyler Roberts? And then the dynamic between Rodrigo and Patrick Bamford. Patrick Bamford last season was our first choice centre forward. He scored 17 goals in the Premier League. He was brilliant. He's going to play up top. But what did we sign Rodrigo for? Like, is he effective playing in behind him? Do we ever play two up front? What's the deal? Yeah, I mean, everyone said it in that in the Burnley game when he came on, he was exceptional, and that was when he was you know up top playing in the striker role. And there's all, there's been these constant question marks around him playing in that number ten type role. And but again, it, does it come down to consistency? He's not really played there an awful lot. He's not played there consistently under Bielsa. And if he gets a run, what will that look like? Again, he was good against Villarreal in that position. It, him and uh, Rafinha played some like, unbelievable link-up play. And he's quality and he's not making any... He doesn't appear to be making any noises that he's unhappy playing in that position. And and I think, you know, things happen and chances are he'll probably be moved into a striker role at some point anyway because Bamford's not going to be fit all the time. So I think that's clearly how it is. And if for any reason Patrick Bamford wasn't with the squad, will is it just straightforward as Rodrigo plays up top? Quite possibly, yeah. Because who else is it going to be? Unless like, uh, you know, Geldhart comes in, which I can't see happening. Again, I think this probably leads us nicely onto the next section, which is talking about potential signings. You've got got a lot of people who are quite nervous. Like, And again, come back to my father-in-law. Went to see him first. He said, who are we going to sign? Are we going to make any signings? And then this morning, because we stopped over, he's like, yeah, we're going to get a midfielder. I've been on teletext and we're getting a 22-year-old from Huddersfield. So, uh, is it so <laughs> teletext? Has he actually been on teletext? I think it's the red button on, uh, <laughs> on ABC. And they did, they, they got rid of teletext. It's what he knows it as. Anyway, those are the players that are linked, essentially. The, the names that keep coming up that I see linked. O'Brien at Huddersfield and Olympic gold medalist. Cunha's the one that excites me. Yeah, a few Hertha Berlin people replied to us on Instagram, actually. A few of their fans, sorry. They there was a, There's a kind of a few things that they don't really like about his attitude. Say he's a bit like Neymar and 
which I thought was quite interesting. But yeah, he's, he's quality. And he's the thing is, he ticks a couple of boxes for us because he's a winger come uh, striker. He's a number nine or a winger. So, I mean, like for Bielsa, what, that's like the holy grail, isn't it? So uh, I think he'd be phenomenal. But you just don't know, do you? It's, it's almost like pointless speculating at this stage. So should we not speculate? Should we cut this section yeah. off? Do you want to... No, no yeah, yeah, let's... Little speculate. Let's just finish it. Let's go to bed. It's late. Lewis O'Brien, do you know anything about Lewis O'Brien? Didn't play yesterday. They didn't know whether that was because there's a COVID outbreak at, at Huddersfield or was it because he refusing to play until he gets some dream move to... Leeds United. Corbyn's going to protect him as well. He's not going to grass him up. He loves Leeds. So, yeah, I don't know. It'd be nice. I don't know anything about him, but it's similar to the Ben White situation, isn't it? Bielsa obviously sees something in him. Let's hope it's not the same thing that he saw in uh, Jean-Kevin Augustin. So, other than uh, Messi, I haven't seen I haven't seen too many names banded about, but I think sometimes, like with Lorente and other deals, people do speculate, people make things up, people like the gossipy clickbait sites say things and put two and two together and make 27 and then bang we're just something happens and we've made the signings I, I do think we are still short in that midfield to attacky kind of area that seems to be the area where we're short shortest because when we talked about the defenders he will just rejig any of them to play in any of the positions it is a case of when you look at the strikers and you've got the three who sometimes play in and around midfield, except for Bamford, then that area of the pitch, we are like, we don't have Pablo. I know it was a bit part, but he was there. We need somebody in that area of the pitch who is of a quality that can move us forward. Yeah, I agree. The transfer market is a weird one because things don't often really move until someone big moves. You know, like so like the whole thing around Harry Kane at the minute, is he going to move? Isn't he going to move? All of a sudden, if he does, there's another £100 million injected into the market. Spurs then start looking for other players. A few people worried because he might come in for Bamford, um, which is you know a fair comment. So then it makes you think, oh, well, could Bamford potentially go? Does that cause movement there? Yeah, there's a lot of things that could happen and it's reliant on external forces, other teams and what they're doing. You know, it's like um, we've been linked with Nandes and he didn't turn up for a friendly. He's potentially signing for Inter, which has then fallen through because apparently Inter Milan are under financial pressure, thus them having to sell Lukaku to Chelsea for crazy money. So, you know, there's all sorts going on and the financial turmoil of everything, like the whole Messi saga, shows you that it's, uh, yeah, it's it's a weird time. And I think there'll be a lot of movement still to come in the transfer window. Yeah, I think that's all fair enough. And by the time we speak again, um, maybe something will have happened. See, we might as well have not talked about it. We didn't come away with anything, did we? No, we've mentioned the people. We've said who we'd like. We've said we've identified areas that we, as the fans, would like to strengthen. And uh, now it's it's over for over to Victor. Come on, Victor, get us some signings. Right. So general things in and around the club. I mean, sadly, we've gone and. 18 months so has been very cruel in terms of losses of former players and uh, and we've lost another Leeds United uh, legend of the club who's passed away in Terry Cooper. It's uh, It's been pretty miserable, hasn't it? They are, I mean, you look at that era and they're not even slowly, they're, they're quickly going and it's, uh, yeah, it's really sad. And I'll, I'll never get over the fact that we didn't actually get to see that team play. You know, they were sort of 10 or 15 years before us really, weren't they? Probably more than that. They were, but but a lot of these people, like you, 
you Norman Hunter and Peter Lorimer and a, a range of people. They, despite the fact that we never got to see them play, they've always been in and around the club. Like we go, like you go to the pavilion before a game and the former players, these legends are in and about. And it's just sad that that kind of presence isn't going to be there anymore. Yeah, and I, I genuinely feel for like Eddie Gray as well. You know, it's there. There is mates, aren't they? And uh, it's it's a sad and tough time for him and everyone else who's kind of left from that period. And you know, every time you hear one of their names mentioned mentioned anywhere, I always think of Eddie and their families. Right, and a uh, few of the few of the bits and pieces. It's hard, isn't it, when you have to talk about sad things like that to to move on, and then you're like, we've got a new away kit. Like- it, it, it feels miserable, doesn't it? Yeah, I have bought the away kit and I've decked out my little girl in the full kit. Um, so that we'll, like, You're hedging your bets in case she decides she wants to be a Chelsea fan, aren't you? <laughs> or Leicester. Actually, up close, like it genuinely, because of the patterning, looks nothing like those kits yeah, whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I am teasing you, but I really like the, the shirt. It is, it is beautiful. I hope my nephew doesn't listen to this because, well, I got him one the other day, or we got him one uh, for his birthday. And uh, yeah, it looks it looks good. I think it could have done with a few dashes of yellow. I don't think that would have gone too badly. Although I, do, I don't like the fluorescent yellow on the home kit. You've got to be careful with your yellow. You can get it wrong. Snow piss yellow, whatever it is. <laughs> right, okay. James, explain this to me. You're a technological guy. What the hell is LUFC coin? Well, I was actually going to use this in the predictions. I was you were going to you were going to say, "Oh, what's your predictions?" And then I would say, "Oh, I wouldn't bet me LUFC coin on it though, Paul." And then we'd segue into it, but that's gone. So just just letting you know what I was planning. Um, yeah, but that's written and then away shirts, and so we're going to predict <laughs> about the away shirts. <laughs> no, no. Anyway, yeah, it's a it's a type of crypto that you can buy and hold coins in, and I presume that the more coins you have, you have voting rights on certain things, um, but. I don't know. I think I think the club have probably thought, you know, is it Socios.com or whoever it is that's running it? They've yeah. they're they're obviously paying the club to to advertise this. So the club have seen it as all oh, right. Well, there's loads of clubs doing it. Um, you know, that's fine. They can be our, they can pay us some money for for talking about it. But I think when you look at it, it's um, it you know it's it's another at the moment. It feels like from everything that I've read, that it feels like another way of sort of gambling in, in, in essence, because you're buying a share of something that is a digital asset that fluctuates in price. So, you know, I, I think to anyone who's susceptible or vulnerable in, in betting, then it, it's an issue. And I think it's, it doesn't sit well with me, to be honest. So the trust part of statement that clearly identifies the potential issues with it, maybe that makes me feel like it might not go ahead. Possibly. I don't know. It depends, doesn't it? You know, we have no idea what the commercials are in it. If they're paying us a lot of money, is it something that they just quietly promote every now and then? I don't know. We'll see. Like people, I saw the things people make for saying they're going to get their uh, meal deal with their, with their <laughs> other thing. <laughs> oh, and, uh, yep, my shiny new season ticket has arrived. I like it. What do you think? Do you know what? I, I love it. I think it's great because the last one annoyed me a little bit because it had the centenary logo on it, but then that wore off, didn't it? Mm. It was a bit like looking at a, you know the picture from pictures in Back to the Future where the future no longer happens. It was like we were sort of every time you used it, it was washing away this idea that we might be promoted. Yeah, it's lovely. I do really it like looks, it. It reminded me as soon as I saw it of the one of the last ones that had the uh, when you got one every year with the. 
tokens in. So mm. it's like the, the, the casing. I don't know if they've gone for that deliberately, but it's it looks lovely. And uh, much more you can say on that is it, it's a season ticket, but it, um, it's nice that it's arrived and yeah. excited to, uh, to was, get to use it again. It, it was so long ago that we actually paid for it. Um, and I switched my seats. I switched my seats then as well. So me and uh, I sit next to my sister, and we've moved to sort of near to you guys. And I didn't even know whether it was going to turn up, and that'd be the case. <laughs> it's like, well, I didn't really get any confirmation that our seats had been changed. So it's nice that the ticket turned up and it's correct. So, so we've got our tickets. We've got a couple of weeks till that first home game. Come oh, on, talk about the scum match. Come on. I like. Do you think it's a good way to start the season? Do you think? They've, the the people have basically gone right. They've been out of grounds. They've been out of the Premier League. Like, let's really hit them with a huge fixture when everyone's getting back in. Yeah, it feels a bit box office, doesn't it? But um, I don't know. It's good. Yeah, maybe there is a bit of that. But also, it's awesome. We're playing scum on the first day of the season, which is which is brilliant. And yeah, it is going back in with a bang. Yeah, I just hope we we win. <laughs> like the crazy thing is, the last time that we played them in a game that was competitive on the same footing where we could attend the game, we were basically children still. <laughs> like we, were, we were teenagers and during our entire adult life, we have not been on a level footing with our scummy peers. And mm. I get in trouble for, I, I, I know that there are people who dislike the uh, use of the word scum. I don't, I don't tend to use it, but he does. I, I certainly, I certainly don't use it with it. He does kind of uh, sincerity he definitely but does people who support them people who support the team scum on the uh, from Salford they they've been able to kind of lord it over us for a long time and now we're actually going to a game where you can say what are your plans for the game what are you doing to anyone that you know is going and it's kind of just a real moment and a lot of the last year and a half hasn't been and the West Brom game was like a friendly really and so this is a genuine massive game people have got the chance to go and like the result matters obviously the result matters but it's just going to be daft for an hour and a half isn't it it's just going to be two hours of bonkersness bonkersness um I, I, I saw Leeds play Man United when we were sort of pushing for Champions League around that time and it was such a such a massive massive game like anyone i'm excited for anyone who's not experienced it before when it comes to Ellen road because there is nothing like it you know i, I think maybe the atmosphere at, at the semi final playoff game comes close but it's still nothing in terms of the rivalry and it's just yeah, it's absolutely mega. It's all I can describe it as. It's and I'm excited for it, and I'm excited for you going as well. It's that's going to be brilliant. What a game to go back! Like you say, the the way more competitive than the West Brom game. So what a thing to go to! It's amazing. I'm chuffed for you. Someone's put on uh, on Wacko a thread that says that was lucky enough the scum game, but looking on Twitter, it seems like the away end will be full of scarfers, women and children. Fair enough for any stripes, but a word of warning. Don't be giving it the outside gestures from the away end. If you hate Leeds United, have a go. I generally start anything you can't back up in and around Scumchester. <laughs> this isn't Wigan away where we've got safety in numbers. This fixture's a different animal. It is a different animal. My mother-in-law said, it's such a shame you can't wear your shirt, your Leeds shirt on Saturday. I'm like, I can wear it if I want to, but I choose uh, not to go in for the full shirt thing 
there are 70,000 of them and yeah, most of them eat prawn sandwiches, etc. But You have the problem of uh, they'd hate you if they thought you were a Chelsea fan as well, don't you? If we're in that shirt. That's true. All Leicester. So I'm just going to go in civvies, blend in and then get inside where I'm surrounded by all my mates and then be vociferous. Good word. I'm excited to hear about it next week. I don't think uh, it's a podcast on the bus on the way there kind of job because uh, bus, the gathering, I believe, is at 6am. So uh, oh. <laughs> I, think, uh, before we get, I think it's definitely best that we record something on Friday night, 100%, and then maybe Sunday. Yeah, give yourself some recuperation time, but you've got to record some stuff there, Paul. Oh, I will. I will. I'll use my little app. We'll get some recordings. It's, it's going to be exciting. Right, well, let's uh, wrap it up then. I've That's certainly whet my appetite for the season and got me head around exactly what we need to do. Um, I'm sure like I read an article with Stuart Dallas about how they were disappointed not to win any games in pre-season, but basically it's about fitness and now we're going to work on what we need for Saturday. We've got a week to do it. I think they're raring for it. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You've written on here predictions. Are you talking about season predictions? Yeah, we need to do that as well. There's no sitting on the fence here, is there either? This is the sort of thing that I would usually... Yeah, you'd have splinters. Do you know what? I think yeah, it's, it's tricky, isn't it? Because you don't want to sound like an absolute pillock when you get it completely wrong. But I do feel if we sign another couple of players, which I think we will, that there is no reason why we couldn't push for Europe. No reason at all. So I'm going to say fifth... That, I mean, I know that's this is what I mean. I'm going to sound like a pillock, but I also don't care because, you know, you've got to be bold. I, I I can't imagine Bielsa saying to the players, do you know what? Just rock up this season. If we're in and around where we were, then uh, that's fine. You know, he's got to be pushing for something like that. He's want to be having that down to fifth, fourth Champions League. Go on. <laughs> See, I'll tell you now, Matthew thinks first. I know he thinks we're going to win the league. Good on And him. I don't know how serious he is, but he's backing it. So fair enough. I think, um, I think uh, Andy would say he, he wanted Europe and thought we were going to get in Europe last season. And the really, the table at the end of last year was a handful, handful of points, wasn't it? We, we weren't that far off it. So it's getting that consistency back. Again, I don't, I don't want to end this on a deflating note because my cautionary note is, I want to stay up. I want to, I, I think I'd be disappointed with anything lower than 10th, like bottom half, well, probably lower than 12th because I'd feel like we'd really moved slightly backwards or stood still. So I'm going to say, I th- I, I actually think it'll be ninth again, but Oof. if it's as tight as it, as it could be, it isn't going to take much to go from ninth to. Uh, can you imagine if we're in, in like a strong position in January and we know that we just need a couple of signings and they do it to try and push into that kind of European? Well, now we're dreaming. Yeah, I mean, if we finish ninth or tenth, we're going to lose some really good players, aren't we? As well, because you're going to want players who have got the desire to be in Champions League in Europe. And oh god, I'm terrified again. Oh no, the season started. I'm nervous. Leeds' nerves are kicking back in. Well, can we can we chuck a code out there and start a uh, a Leeds that fantasy football league again this year? Yeah, we'll do that. Oh, Joe Harishko, he won it last year. Well, well done, Joe. Joe. Yeah, very good, mate. Well done. No one likes you. 
<laughs> Brilliant. Right. So we've done our predictions. We've had a chat. We're, we're already. It's kind of like Christmas week. Like all these days, you're like, yeah, it's nice, but you're just kind of building up to it. So we will do a match day podcast for the Manchester United game. I'm excited about that. But I'm buzzing. What do I do now? I'm going to have to go. I'm going to go and put uh, that. This is what I, <laughs> my wife was um, upset yesterday because she said she came downstairs. And she sat, there was me and my daughter in Leeds kits. And she said to me, Daddy, I want to watch Leeds United on television. So we're watching goals from previous seasons. <laughs> yeah. Every, every goal from last year. It's brilliant because they edit out the uh, the goals that the opposition scored. So it just looks like we were uber. And it's all with Bryn Law just shouting about, what a goal. If you want to get revved up for this season, watch that video. Right, we'll be back with our match day preview for Manchester United away. Have a great week in between. It's happening. Speak soon. Network.